In therapy, radically genuine is reached when one is being truly authentic, communicating freely and openly as equals. The Radically Genuine podcast strives to do just that. We will question areas of mental health, culture, societal norms, and what is truly needed to improve the lives of others. Dr. Roger McFillin is a clinical psychologist and board certified in behavioral and cognitive psychology. He is the executive director of the Center for Integrated Behavioral Health in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Beth Lynch practices and teaches the benefits of meditation. Her own healing journey to understand death led her to understand spiritual principles for life. On today's podcast, we welcome Beth Lynch, medium, speaker, author, and founder of Inner Light Teachings. Welcome to the Radically Genuine Podcast. I'm Dr. Roger McFillin. Sean, one of the things that I've been talking to you a lot, maybe not as much with our, our listeners on the podcast, has been my own personal meditation journey and how impactful that has been for me on, on multiple levels. Um, the benefits for mental health are very well established, but we haven't talked a lot about spirituality. No, we haven't. Um, I just want to get your thoughts on like when you think about that word and you define that word, what does spirituality mean to you? Well, we were raised Catholic, so spirituality to me, for some reason, seems very connected to the church, but I don't consider myself a very religious person, so spirituality for me has evolved over 44 years to be more than just religion. It's really just my ability to recognize that there's things out there that I probably don't understand that I have a connection to and they have a connection to me that I need to respect and almost honor and, and express some type of like thanks and gratitude towards. Similar for me. Um, we've kind of evolved. I, I, spirituality and religion are very different for me. I feel this connection that exists now to a higher purpose, a greater purpose that often I can experience through attention to my own intuition what, what I'm passionate about, what do I experience uh, in my body. Meditation has been this way of being able to quiet my mind and like in that space be much more connected with it. And in my therapy work, I find I've become much more effective when I shut my mind off and I rely on some of that inner wisdom. And so I do believe strongly that... Uh, that this time on, on earth is, is temporary. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that we're all energy. And my meditation practice and my connection with spirituality has certainly opened my mind to a lot that exists out there that I wasn't always aware of or did I truly understand. Mm -hmm. And I know that there are people who have great gifts and who try to communicate that uh, in the general public, it doesn't seem to fit with Western ideology and medicine in the same way that maybe other cultures have discussed these traditions. But you can go back centuries and centuries, and spirituality has always been such an in integral component of a of a group and society, and uh, makes life more or or makes life understandable in a way that uh, assists people in dealing with the pain including loss mm -hmm. and the struggles that are inevitable on this life. And I've always said that one of the things I've learned from spirituality is that everything that happens to us in some way, 
right? We can, we can take it as, uh, as a lesson to learn that it could serve us. Even the most horrific of traumatic experiences and loss can serve our evolution and our growth in some way. And our next guest, um, she's not aware of this, um, but I actually bought her book um, <laughs> when it came to me learning meditation. Mm. And there's a there's step-by-step process. And this was, I don't know, quite some time ago. How did uh, you stumble upon it? Um, or how did you become aware? It was on Audible. I just kind of typed in meditation. I wanted to read about meditative practices. Mm-hmm. And, and her book came out. And I, I listened to her her, audi- her audible book, and um, it was very beneficial. I've read a lot of other books on meditation because I first wanted to understand it, learn it, before I engaged in the practice or right along with ga- engaging in the practice. And as sometimes the universe kind of uh, makes things, uh, you know, very interesting for us. Cause not I, a coincidence? I'm not sure if it's a coincidence, but um, <laughs> we, we follow each other on Twitter, and she reached out to me. And I'm very fascinated in asking questions that our listeners probably would want to ask to be completely open-minded and, and, and have some both faith and some humility in understanding that there's so much that we don't know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we can get into quantum physics and energy, and there's a number of things you can get well, into. I'm not prepared for that discussion. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, I think there's so much we, we don't understand. And when we're talking about consciousness and we're talking about purpose and we're talking about spirituality, these are critical components in creating a life of value One and understanding maybe what your own purpose is here. And so I want to introduce Beth Lynch, who is a medium. And she's a speaker, an author, and founder of Inner Light Teaching. She's been helping families heal um, the loss of loved ones for over 28 years she has her own story, which I can't wait for us to get into, which I think put her on a path to really understanding death and how spiritual principles can be utilized in our life to enhance our life. Uh, she has practiced and teaches the benefits of meditation and how to understand the mind-body-spirit connection as a natural evolution of consciousness. She shares uh, spirituality as potentially the missing link to understanding mental and emotional wellness, including anxiety, depression, and addiction. And I think we share probably some similar views in how maybe the current psychiatric uh, approaches to mental health problems can really negatively impair our own evolution, development, connection with spirituality, and understanding our emotions to benefit us. Beth, welcome to the Radically Genuine Podcast. Oh, my goodness. I'm, well, thank you for having me. And I don't think you need me on the show. You just did a great job explaining <laughs> pretty much what I feel and explain. And it was, I was, I'm very interested in talking to you, let me tell you. <laughs> Good. So hopefully we can just have a, some dialogue here. I have no idea where it's going to go. But from my own spiritual practice, I've learned just to quiet my mind. And it's usually in here, not up here. So whatever comes to my heart and uh, pops in there, I'm going to ask those questions. And hopefully we can just be completely open and honest with each other and ask some difficult questions too. Because I wonder sometimes if my brother is a bit of a skeptic on some of these things. Um, I love skeptics. Because <laughs> he hasn't had all the experiences that, that I have. I've had, had experiences. But he has had experiences that are you know not usually explainable. 
uh, unless you understand things from a different perspective. Beth, I'm going to leave it open. Just kind of introduce yourself to our listening audience. And if you can tell us your story a bit, that can kind of be a jumping off point. Yeah, well, um, so I am a medium and I'm uh, a teacher, speaker, author. And which can I ask you which book? Because I have a couple on Audible. So I'd have to bring up my Audible right now, but it was it was a meditation book. It was a guide to meditation. Was it a Journey to Light Within? That Journey to Light Within? That was it. Oh, my God. That's my baby. And I wrote that in 2010. And sometimes I look at that and go, I wrote that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it was a medit- number of years ago that I did. Yeah, yeah, so it's hard for me to remember. Yeah, so thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so basically, you know, my journey, because you said about my story, you know, at 32 years of age, my mother... Um, she was on the Amtrak and the train crashed in the middle of the night. And, you know, I'm fast forwarding from a little girl feeling things, feeling overwhelmed, feeling sensitive to people's words and stuff, probably called overly and overly sensitive as a child. But um, basically I always felt I was going to die at 32. It was a strange feeling to carry in your teens and twenties. And I really did feel that. And I had fun in my 20s, let me tell you. But it's not something I walked around knowing uh, every day, but I knew I felt it. So my mother, that's when she passed when I was 32. So a part of me did die. But I woke that night from a dream. And the dream woke me up and I was hearing over an intercom system that she had died. It was over intercom and there were gray walls and people going back and forth. That's all I could see. And in the dream, I was screaming and crying. And I woke up and I was like, you know, you know, very shook up. And I looked at my clock and it was 3.15 a.m. Got to love digits, digital clocks. And oddly enough, I went back to sleep. I went back. I woke up in the morning very early. I had my nephew. And um, so I was an aunt doing the nephew baby thing. And I had to take him to pre-K or preschool. And I turned on the car radio and it was on the news. The train crashed in the middle of the night. So I immediately thought, oh, my God, my dream. And I knew my mom was traveling on a train across country. So took care of business. And then I was on my way to my sister's and I had called her and told her what I heard on the news. And I heard my mom's voice. I heard her voice. It was as clear as day. Beth, I'm all right. I'm happy. And I kind of felt like I plopped back into my seat and went like, what happened? You know, but I knew I heard her voice and I knew that wasn't good because that made me feel she was probably dead, but I didn't really understand things then. I was a hairdresser back then. I, I didn't get all this like I get now. So I proceeded to go through like everything everyone does. You go through the physical world, red tape, and um, to find out things. And obviously she had passed and the train crashed at 3.15 or 3.12 a.m. in the morning. I, that came along later when I was, uh, you know, getting details. I didn't know in that moment. But that was where I started to, you know, need to understand. I think those questions that a lot of people get, why and why would God do that? Or, you know, why do these things happen? And, you know, all the whys in the world and where is she? And my dad had passed of a heart attack three years prior. So he was, they were both really suddenly. And I went a a year later a friend of ours was going to a medium, my sister's friend, actually, and she couldn't make her appointment. And she told us, why don't you girls go? You know, we were still struggling. It had been a year, but the shock, I think, and, you know, just the shock and um, not happy. And I was raised Catholic as well. So now none of that was making sense to me. It really never did. Sorry, but <laughs> I felt a little bit of both always. Buddhist, a little Catholic, I don't know, a little bit, out, definitely out of the box. And that was we went to that medium 
And we walked in and she looked right at me and my sister. And she said, your mother said it was like crossing a bridge. And she had had no idea how our mother really crossed going over a bridge, you know? So that was the first metaphor of the soul language that I feel I was experiencing. And then she said, looked at me and said, young lady, you're not using your gifts and abilities. And someday you'll do what I do and you'll help many people. And I'm looking at her like, lady's crazy because you know i'm grieving i want to just know my parents are okay and don't be telling me i'm doing this you know it didn't make sense to me so but i knew i was a little you know new things that was what kicked it into gear where i just and she said she will lead you to your books and teachers and i was like how's she gonna do that thinking in my head you know so we left that session but there were other things said that there was no way it wasn't my mother and you know it there was just no way me and my sister both had great comfort in that experience but it was only a couple weeks later where I went to a store that had you know the crystals and the incense and all that stuff and um and I I think I always went to stores like that anyway but this time I was going in in search of something I think more and then I was led to um a woman who actually taught, uh, she was an astrologer, but she also taught tar tarot cards. And that intrigued me, even though I thought maybe it wasn't something good that I was supposed to do. Cause you know, we have those things that we were told that are bad. And, but I, I mentored with her for two years. And the first word she said to me when I went to her door, Elizabeth, you're probably getting tuned in right now. Um, I bet you didn't know tarot was a spiritual tool. And I said, no, I, I really don't understand it. I'm just drawn to it. And I've always been a little intrigued by these things. So I mentored with her for two years. And mentoring just meant going over to her house, learning about the word, what spirit meant, you know, what it was. The, those started things starting evolving. And I'd love to give the definition of what spirit is. First of all, I'll go with Mr. De Nikola Tesla. If you want to understand the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, vibration, and frequency. Mm. The first time I saw that quote, I was well into understanding things, and I literally cried because I went, oh, why are we, don't ask why. There's a secret. It's not meant to be a secret. But this, the word spiritual, uh, my mediumship, because of what I was doing, started to be, my intuition was getting more attuned, basically. Let me go there about the, the mentoring with this beautiful woman. And, um, and so I didn't know that that was happening. I was intrigued. I was feeling things. I was sensing things. The, you know, I was getting into meditation. I was very drawn to that. I started, I would be the first one to say, I can't do it. I can't stop thinking, you know, but then suddenly that changed after about two years of attempting. So I'm very big on meditation and trying to help people get there in an easier way or make it simple because it, it really is just mediation between what we think and how we're responding emotionally. That's really what it is. We're not supposed to stop thinking. If you get those moments of absence of thought, they're amazing. But I don't find them to be frequent. But the whole journey is beautiful. And of what you learn about yourself and how you start to feel sensitized to even colors and nature. And So anyway, that's another I know I went off topic. But <laughs> the, the, word, uh, <laughs> the word spirit to me is we haven't in our consciousness, our spiritual consciousness. And then we have our personality and then we have our human body that we express in down here. The spiritual consciousness or part of our consciousness, I should say, it, this is what it exists of or is. It's our intuitive nature. It's our creative nature. Now, when you think of intuition, a lot of people think talking or you know, readings and energy. No, intuition is a survival mechanism for down here. 
you know? Yes, but it connects us to the higher vision of what we may not see down here. And through the emotion, we get that, uh, that feeling, that gut feeling. Mm-hmm. Mother's the, the gut, the gut. Well, that's a whole nother class. But so the spirit is your intuitive nature, your creative nature. Our creative nature is something we're going to do to express, to create maybe abundance or just to, to love, you know, to love doing, wake up loving and being a creative human. It's very important. Um, it's our compassion. And that's a big word because it's used a lot in a lot of sad situations that I see. Um, someone's lacking emotion and lacking compassion. That's the other topic, you know, that we, I attract, you know, found you on, you know, um, it is how we communicate. We have an inner, an inner voice going on all the time. We're communicating with ourselves. Who are we talking to? Doesn't matter that we know, but we're talking. There's a essence of ourselves that we're always talking in our inner mind. We're communicating with ourselves and that and how we do that will determine how we communicate outside of ourselves with others, relationships, how nice you are to your mailman. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's everyone. It's also the connection to that source of energy, that highest frequency possible, that the heavens, the divine, the, the higher consciousness. There's so many words, that connection. If we don't have that connection, we're, we're kind of just like a fish out of water. You know, we don't feel creative. We don't trust in our intuitive nature. We don't feel compassion. And that's where it sinks into the lane of mental and emotional wellness. Because without that spiritual essence, whatever way you get it, you need your personality needs it to function. I think in some ways that our current modern society or medical establishment can pathologize that exact experience. But before we get into that, I do want to bring up a little bit of a story here because I am interested more in your gifts and your mediumship and uh, some things that you may know and that you've learned through your, your talents and, and your, your work. So about, I guess we're, we're talking about right before the pandemic hit. So I'm going to say early 2020, Sean and I, our father's, uh, passed away suddenly from a heart attack on his 50th birthday. So it was very unexpected for the both of us. And I think it was a, it was a loss that impacted our lives in, in different ways. He was a huge Billy Joel fan. Such a, such a huge Billy Joel fan that like when you're in the car, that's all you would listen to. So and you just, you know, when you're young, you're, there's constant road trips. So whenever you're in the car, Billy Joel, you know, His greatest hits, his different albums. It was just kind of nonstop. Big fan. So right before the pandemic hit, for a period of weeks, maybe even over, probably over a month, every time I got in my car, Billy Joel would come on the radio. And I was driving a lot. I was driving back and forth to work. My son was in sports. My other daughter didn't have or license yet, so driving all over the place, picking my kids up. And when I say every time I went in the car, Billy Joel came on the radio, it was every time on radio stations where that Billy Joel would not be played. So I, I tried to mix it up. Like I'm putting on this station now <laughs> because there's no way Billy Joel can come on. And 
it happened every time. So it freaked me out, <laughs> to be honest with you. And I knew that there was some sort of, uh, you know, message or there was something that was about to happen. Uh, well, the pandemic did happen, but then a number of things happened after the pandemic, including um, myself getting in contact with a, a medium by chance and that medium being able to connect with my father and to tell me these things. And she knew things. And I was a skeptic, so I just kept my mouth shut and didn't say anything and didn't give this medium any information. And uh, there was a, a, a number of messages that were, were, were provided to me and uh, a number of things happened in my life, which included the development of this podcast, bringing my brother from Los Angeles back home here in Bethlehem to be part of this practice. And I just started a journey of spirituality and connection and within some of those, uh, you know, within some of those meetings with that medium, I would often meditate and just ask for wisdom. And then I would go into the, that session and she would say, so I know that you're meditating on wisdom. I'm supposed to give you these books. And so then the, these various books were provided in my path over the past couple years, um, you know, I'm looking at them right now. Becoming Supernatural by Joe Dispenza. Mm -hmm. The yeah. Energy Codes by uh, Dr. Sue Morta. Uh, the Field by Lynn McTaggart. Uh, the Energy Cure by William Bergston. Uh, let's see. Uh, Transcending Consciousness, Levels of Consciousness, David Hawkins. Uh, and uh, Frequency by Penny Pierce. And I'm also looking here at Journey to Light by Beth Lynch, which is in my... Yeah, I'm in some good company. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it opened up an entire world to me that uh, has an actual science base behind it that I was never exposed to in conventional Western medicine, psychological training. Um, I started learning about uh, levels of consciousness energy, healing that can occur within the individual, medical studies around energy healing. So there's this whole world that I was open to and have become open to. And I'm still thinking and considering how this all can be integrated into what my path is as a healer, as a psychologist. And so that brings like the first question to me is, I want to know more about your gifts and then how they were developed. And um, you, you kind of speak about things in terms of like intuition. And I sometimes question, do we all have this ability to connect? And just can you tell us about your gifts and, and what it's like? Okay. So where it really began because of that medium saying that, and like you said, you're drawn to books and stuff. And my mother saying that in that session, you know, she'll guide you to your books and teachers. And I'm like, well, she's going to do that. You know, she's not here. But it was interesting that things like would come about. So I started one of the first books I read because I was just drawn like the magnets, you know, like a magnet to things like, you know, too, you know. And the first book was Anatomy of Spirit by Carolyn Mace or Miss, however they say it. And I literally was at a place called Delphi to study. Um, so I was led to things. That's, the, I guess, the best way. But meditation 
was definitely something I was reading about and I was trying to do and my mind was busy and I couldn't stop thinking. So that's where that, that real dedication to want to keep doing that was part of it. But then being led to the books that I was led to, and I never, you know, I'm not an academic person. I barely got high school straight D's first, but I'm very intuitive. It was my natural nature to feel, to overfeel, you know, and that's how I had a, I just got used to being that person, trusting when things would happen and I would know it was going to happen before it happened was scary. You know, seeing faces that were probably people in in the dimensions that I was picking up on because that's their energy. And so these books were my biggest teacher, I think, in Anatomy of Spirit. I mean, literally, I said, well, let me read a paragraph and see if I, you know, feel that's the book. I used to read a paragraph. I felt it. You buy it. If you don't, you don't. And I read the paragraph and the word energy literally lifted off the page. When I tell you it was beating to my heartbeat and floating in the air as I'm looking at it. And I'm like, I, well, I, I know what that word means. And then I'm like, don't I? And I'm like, I don't know what any of this means. So I bought that book and I, I'm that, I read that book four times and I was not a reader. Um, and I got through that book four times. So, cause I would, you know, the, when you're very intuitive, usually there is some ADD going on because you feel everything so fast. So you're, you're not really keeping a balance in what you're supposed to be, you know, downloading for yourself to learn. It's crazy. And that's why meditation helps that. Um, so the books, practicing meditation, I'm telling you, it was the, it was, it was the way. I didn't know when I was doing all that, though that I was actually opening my ability to sense things, you know, or to communicate messages to people. I did not get that that was really where I was going. I was still a very busy hairdresser. And I think one day I remember feeling, you know, I started doing it on the side for friends and that's where it started. But my commitment to meditation is really, really what I would go through experiences in meditation. I mean, like, I hope you went through some in Journey to Light Within. You know what I mean? Um, that there's no one could have told me that. No one could have said, okay, this is what's going to happen to you. And that's why I wrote that book, to help people go through their own conscious meditation. So a lot of the things that I've experienced, I never really was taught. I just experienced and trusted so much what I was feeling that nobody could tell me it wasn't real. And as a little girl, I, I would talk to Jesus like he was like a friend and I couldn't understand why everybody didn't talk to him like why doesn't everybody see him am I the only one well who do you tell that to when you're eight years old and you're having a scared moment of faces and you see his presence and he says do not fear I just thought you know I didn't think I was special I just thought <laughs> I was lucky I guess you know and so some of my my religious belief the traditional one absolutely are still a part of my spiritual understanding, but it's beyond what they teach you or what they really let you on, you know? So that's really what did it. And then just surrendering. I literally one day drove up to my salon to work and my throat was closing. And I was like, I am not supposed to be doing hair anymore. I'm supposed to be helping people like that medium said. And that was probably about two years later. And I literally, that was it. That was the day at all. I decided I was going to do the work and I just put down those scissors. Well, you know, I gave my clients some notice, obviously. And a lot of those clients were hair clients are now my reading clients. So it's kind of funny. <laughs> you know, I'm still connected to them 38, 28 years later. So how does it work? Um, do you just randomly hear voices from another realm 
that are oh, people yeah. who've deceased or is this something you have to kind of connect into? How does it work? Honestly, I mean, I have people say if I don't connect and do an hour meditation before I can't do it, I can literally be, um, I'll give you a great example today. My friends, her husband passed a little over a year ago and I was driving and from the, I just took a really good, strong walk over the water and I was driving and I literally saw his face and said, tell her, yes, it's okay. And tell her she'll always be okay. And I agree. And I'm like, now here I'm driving. So I hit my Bluetooth and caller. I said, okay, listen to me. Bob just came through and I don't know. What are you doing? She goes, well, I'm actually up in New York and I decided not to sell his properties. And I was telling him last night that I just need to know I'm going to be okay. Cause for the first time in a year, I feel like I'm going to be, and I want to be sure he literally gave me those words. Wow. Now, I mean, that's so spontaneous. This is energy. The spirit is just a higher frequency energy in another realm or dimension or the heavens. I still believe it's called heaven. And, and in that, because if you're open and you really truly have some belief, it can happen. You know, they come in spontaneously. I mean, I think that's very natural. I know there's a lot of people that don't understand that it's natural, but when you look at it as energy, it becomes natural. And it was just a sense, a, a quick vision of his smile. And I knew what the voice was for, who it was for. And that was just a few hours ago, you know? So then there's the people that, you know, have sessions with me while I tune in. Like when you were talking about your dad, I kept seeing a man eating chocolate, like eating candy. And I'm like, I don't know if that's their dad, but I guess I'm going to tell them. Um, and I felt like he smiled. And then I felt like he was counting money. <laughs> so I don't know if your dad was, you know, always counting his money or something, but I, I it was almost like when you eat, pick what candy you want. And I felt like chocolate covered cherries too. Those are things that were coming when you were talking. Now, sometimes it could be your grandfather who'd be sitting next to your dad. You know what I mean? So sometimes it's not always the one you think, but they're right. They're not there alone. So these spontaneous moments, I, I just feel that is the intuitive nature is so sensitive that when the spirit brings themselves close enough or, you know, energetically close enough that you're going to get the vision or the feeling or the scent. Some people get sense. All your clair clairs, your clair audience, your hearing, your clairvoyance is seeing. I'm always got a screen that's there that sees something. And I feel that they don't ever, when I started getting into meditation, that's when the, the bombarding of things or maybe seeing things that, why would I know, have to know that information? You know what I mean? Um, that scares me a little, you know, and then it would happen or something, you know, I, there's so many lists of things I could go through. And so that is where, when I started meditating, that it actually started balancing, that I became where I wasn't overwhelmed with it, that it's, it's more natural. My friend knew that I would give his wife that message mm -hmm. and I wouldn't mind. So he's not overwhelming me. You know what I mean? But there's things that you don't want to get. You know, you can go into a grocery store and just people getting anxiety sometimes. They're just feeling the energy. And there's a lot of low frequency energy around us. You know, what's low frequency? Sadness, grief, one of the lowest. Um, anger, um, you know, people walking around with, you know, depression. Low frequency emotions create the condition. They're on autoplay in the subconscious. That's proven. You know, it's proven. Subconscious is 85% of our law of attraction. We're not even thinking half the stuff. 
that's creating. So that's why when we meditate and we become the mediator of what we think and feel, we actually start opening our own natural ability and intuitive abilities to function as a human being, a higher frequency human being. Beth, I've got a question. So you started mm -hmm. off telling the story about your mother and you um, were woken uh, at a certain time. What was it from a dream? Yeah, I was definitely in a sound sleep and I was dreaming um, that I could see gray walls and people running back and forth. And then the inter like an intercom system said that she was dead. So in my dream, I started screaming and crying and I woke up and I looked at the clock. I can still see the digits, but I was like very upset. You know, I could tell, I mean, tears were coming down my face and oddly enough, I fell back to sleep. And then when I woke up in the morning, I had some things I had to do, but it was early and I turned on the car radio and it was on the news. The Amtrak crashed in the middle of the night. Is there something about dreams that allow us to kind of quiet the mind and be more receptive? Yeah, because we're, when we go into the dream state, you know, there's different levels and I'm not all keen on which one's which, but um, or I just don't know. I'm keen on it, but I don't know. Um, but there's the state where your logical mind is more turned off. Mm. So you're able to pick up things in that state. To me, when I think of the dream, like why would I have that dream was a very big question. I honestly feel in some way I went through the shock at 3.15 a.m. I really do. And I, and I was able to be there for my sister, you know, and, and, and just kind of, but I went through the shock. I mean, and then to hear her voice in the car, that was her spirit, her higher frequency energy. There's the science part of it that was close enough you know, became close enough to let me hear her. Yes, I did always have a sensitivity to that. And maybe that helped. But I know there's people who have no understanding that reach out to me and say, I saw my dad at the end of the bed. You know, I don't get this stuff. I'm not psychic. I'm not intuitive. Everybody has some intuition. It's a it's in us to have it. Mm -hmm. What's the volume on? That's the way to look at it. What do you got your volume on? You know, people like myself, I came in with my volume on, you know, boosted and everything. But I didn't know what that meant at the time. You know, now I know what that means. <laughs> boosted. It's a good way to put it. Um, but yeah, but the the natural surrendering to it, I think curiosity really um kept me going to roger i was so curious and and sean i was so curious and i just wanted to understand more and as i was going through the journey it was helping me heal and helping me feel my mother and father around me more and in the almost hard to explain way you know but it's a feeling you get so and it's so comforting you also um describe yourself as an intuitive consultant mm -hmm. what's involved in that um well, you know, I can't take credit for the name because, um, but I do use it. And the reason is I have a client and she lives in a very big city and she would call me more. She did not care to talk to her dad and her mom. She wanted business, you know, will you give me your feelings and then, you know, what do you feel around this business deal? And what do you feel about this? And what do you feel, you know, and she'd have her little list. So she used to write me off as her intuitive consultant for text. Okay. <laughs> so I thought, well, I guess I am an intuitive consultant because I'm using, I'm consulting with my intuition. So, and, and because of that, I literally, once I put that down, I actually got more people looking for more, you know, business type, questions. But what I say, 95% come from, come to me for communication with loved ones in spirit. Okay. So Beth, 
when I met with the medium for one session, I was told to, after meditation, put pen to paper and just write. So I mm -hmm. ended up getting myself a diary and I would go into meditation, deep meditation for quite some time. I've you, seen it. It looks like an Indiana Jones leather bound satchel. It's, it's pretty. <laughs> and I'm much better when I'm meditating outside in the sun. So I'd get into a really kind of deep transcendent kind of state. I'm sure my brain waves were kind of shifting to more theta brain waves. Theta. Theta, yeah. And then I would get, uh, then I would just get out the diary and I wouldn't think I'm already in kind of like a trance like state after my meditation and I would just write and on a podcast I actually read a couple of the pages that's right and it was some of the most incredible wisdom it can't come from me I'm not that smart <laughs> so it's like some of the most incredible wisdom I can look back at it now I'm like where did that come from so what do you think is happening in situations like that okay and remember how when I said about into, I wrote Journey to Light Within in 2010. I put together a meditation manual because I saw the profound effect it was having on me and the peace it was bringing me. And I actually felt smarter because <laughs> I wasn't the most academically smart person. And when you think about intelligence, intelligence comes from the highest of frequency. You know what I mean? And it downloads, you know, into us when we want to learn, when we want access. So what you're actually, you know, like you said, you know, you can't think those things. You know, I know I can't think certain things. They are coming from a divine place. Now, I got a story. If you want me to share it, I will. And it's very interesting about please, intelligence. Please share it. Stories okay. are good. I don't know what kind of feedback you're going to get on this. It's actually in my my recent book because my book editor said, oh, that's going in. <laughs> I said, I don't think it's put that in. Oh, it's going. You know, it's going. I'm like, okay, it's in there. And I'm glad it is. So anyways, one day I, I, I was always a spiritually, you know, from a journey to light within. My meditation comes from a very spiritual place. The inner light is the high in the heart center is the highest frequency we can access. You know, Greg Braden is big on that, the, you know, heart math and heart intelligence. And, um, but I've only read one of his books. So a lot of things that I've experienced are more personal. So anyways, I meditate from the heart. I always go there. That's where I begin. And I just let this light and away I go. So one, you know, I was very comfortable with that. I was very, I, I loved how it helped others when I guided them into that meditative um, inner light, you know, energy and brought it through them and around them. And so one day I was, I was very curious about, well, you know, the technical end of meditation. So I signed up for this class. It was the Silva method and I did it for a weekend. And this was, oh my God, 20, 20, 28 years ago, 20, it was in the first year of me really getting into all this. And I went and I spent the weekend there and I went, well, it's just like the same thing. They're just not saying God. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's what I felt. Yeah. The, the, the theta beta and all that. And they're just not saying God, but they're still saying source. And I get that. They had to keep neutral probably. And I'm like, so I got home that weekend and I remember going, there's still something else missing about meditation that I do not know. And I am curious about this. And I'm like, it's like an intelligence of some kind, because that didn't really make me feel about intel. I go, there's intelligence that's bigger. My words, my question, put it out, whatever. A couple of days later, my daily meditation time, I had forgotten about that question. 
Um, but usually anytime you put something out within 48 hours, you get it back. If not sooner, trust me on that. And, um, you probably already know. So I'm meditating and I dozed a little bit. I got a little tired. I think and I dozed off and all of a sudden I could see I was walking down. I mean, hardwood floors, candle operas. So I'm in this meditative state, but I'm very aware and I'm, I'm saying it to myself. Wow, this is a cool meditation. Where am I being taken? You know, I mean, you know, some you're very aware, some you get busy minded, but this one was, I was like going down the hallway and all of a sudden I'm getting close to this old man who's working at a desk. And I go, is that my grandfather? And as I get closer, the man looks up, I swear. And I go, Einstein? Oh now, listen to me. I was the type of person, if I read an Einstein quote, would go, what is that guy talking about? <laughs> I mean, literally, I just didn't get it. I was looking at him and he goes, you called? He is talking to me. And I'm like, oh, I called you? And he goes, yes, you did. You asked about the intelligence. We are all here to be called upon. You just have to call upon us. Anything you want to know, you already have in your highest, highest place. Call on it. And I'm looking at him like, is this, I knew it was happening. And he smiled and he winked. <laughs> Swear, he winked. <laughs> and then he said, I watch over the boy. And I'm like, the boy? I only have and he smiled. And and then I brought, I almost feel I brought myself out. And it was like, I kind of went back down the hallway this way. Like I was pulled away from where I was very slowly. And I'm processing it and I'm breathing. And I'm like, there is nobody that would believe this story, but I don't care if anyone believes it or not. But I'm like, he watches over the boy. The only boy in my life was my three-year-old son. Why is he watching over him? Now, wait. Couple of days later, my little guy's in the bathtub blowing bubbles, making, you know, bubble bath beard. I'm cleaning the vanity. And he, and I'm not even looking at him, but I'm looking at him in the mirror. And he goes, Mommy, how did he die? And I go, Who, honey? And I go, Who? And he goes, Einstein. Whoa. Here's me. <gasps> stay calm, Beth. Don't rattle it. Just stay. And I go, Well, I don't know. And I turn right around. I go, Well, how do you know about Einstein? And he goes, He talks to me all the time. And I go, Well, what does he say? And he goes, I don't know. And he's blowing bubbles as he's talking. I mean, he's thinking nothing. And I go, Well, I go, Someday you'll probably know what he says. And he goes, Probably. I think he died because he was old. And I go, Yeah, I think it's probably why I really know why, how he died. And, um, so, you know, we had this little moment and I was shocked. So the next day I brought him to his pre-K or whatever it is when they're three years old. And I go, do you guys, this is before baby Einstein. This hadn't hit the books yet, baby Einstein, shortly before, but it wasn't out yet. I go, do you guys like talk about Einstein? She goes, this is Lynch. This is, you know, pre-K or whatever. And I'm like, I just had to ask. <laughs> Now, wait, there's one more part to this. I think my, my meditation practice at that point really started shifting, but it was only a week or two later. It wasn't long. I was in TJ Maxx. My little guy was in the car, you know, sitting while mommy, you know, got some retail therapy. And he goes, mommy, there's Albert. And I turn around and there's the poster of Albert Einstein in the universe, imagination and all that little quote, you know, that's everyone hangs up on there and i go oh yeah and he goes buy it mommy buy it and this lady walks by me i mean she goes well you got a smart one there uh. 
uh, yeah, that poster hung in his room for a long time. Wow. And you know, when he asked me to take it down one night, he was like seven years old and he goes, mommy, mom, I think he probably called me mom by then you got, can you take down the poster? And I go, why are you always like that? And he goes, cause when I wake up in the middle of the night and his eyes are looking at me and his mouth is moving and I don't know what he's saying, but that poster mom is haunted. Wow. Is it- <laughs> so whatever, I don't know. <laughs> Just saying. Is it true that children are more connected to higher frequencies of energy? Absolutely. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're not as influenced yet. I think, you know, I'm 63. I don't know how old you are, but in my day, we didn't have the overload of media, the overload of, you know, technology, which isn't a bad thing. If it's used in a higher good, it's a good thing. Um, And so I think when you, I think there was a time where children were more naturally sensitive. I think now you're seeing kids dealing more, you know, little ones dealing with anxiety and stuff. And, you know, um, there has to be moderation with some things or does because they're, they're not as connected to nature. Like you said, when you go out in nature, nature's the closest we feel the the divine nature's the closest we will feel the highest frequency in nature. We need, they need to be out in nature, you know, and we know that, you know, it's, it, sometimes that's not happening mm-hmm. as much as I know when I was a kid, that's all we did. You know, we were outside 24 seven. So can you explain what you mean um, by spirituality as the missing link with mental and emotional health? Yeah. Yeah. Big topic for me. And I know you. Um, well, when I explain um, about what the spiritual nature is. It's intuition, it's creativity, it's compassion, it's the connector, it's how we communicate. Um, it's our coping. You know, how we cope is based through the intuitive nature by what we feel and, and what we resonate, push away. If we are not in some kind of communication or connection to that nature, which is meant to be natural, then we are what are we? We're a low frequency or we're a lower frequency. So we're absent of all those things. So if you don't want, there's people who don't want, there's people who will literally mock me when I, oh, here goes the spiritual stuff with that. It has nothing to do with it. Well, then you don't know what the word spirit really means because it's energy. It's the highest frequency possible you can be in as a human being. All right. Now we're not always going to walk up and, you know, in those maybe in that highest frequency up there because there are so many different frequencies but if the personality does not have a connection to something bigger it is the fish out of water okay and then you and the personality is going to express in the frequency it is in so when the law of attraction bend it all you want it's still working no matter what frequency you're in you are going to respond and react think and live in that frequency i've become very sensitive to that when when people believe things to be true how that becomes their reality and they live it so um almost like it hits me strongly like when somebody gets attached to these negative beliefs about themselves or their potential it's like a programming that exists do you believe do you believe that we create our own existence our own reality absolutely 
And we absolutely do. And, you know, when I teach about, you probably may have read that in A Journey to Light Within, the word negative one day in just my own realization, well, what is negative? We use the word a lot. It's negate of light. It all comes down to light energy, light and energy and frequencies. And the law of attraction, I think sometimes it had gotten a bad rap because the law is not intelligent. It is based on emotions. It is based on magnetics and it's working. We are the intelligence behind that law and we have to honor it, respect it, um, you know, nurture what the ability we have to think and respond emotionally is so sacred. It's important. And when you look around at what we're dealing with in our world, most people, I don't know how many people I will work with to say, I just don't love myself. I can't love myself. I had an awful life upbringing. I can't love myself. Loving yourself is a, brings you into a frequency or not. And you're going to love and be in love and the conditions of your relationships are all based on how much you love, which is an energy yourself first. So, you know, we're always struggling as a species to figure it out, you know, self-care, this, that. This is sacred. It is a spiritual issue. It truly is. And we have to start looking at if we're not going to trust that our intuitive nature isn't our survival mechanism? I don't know. It makes sense to me. It saved my intuition has saved me a few times, you know, and then a few times I didn't listen to it. And I'm like, yeah, how many people say that? Well, I didn't listen to it. And yeah. And hopefully it isn't anything too serious, you know, because there's, there are serious situations that can happen when people don't listen to their intuition. So, you know, that's why it's the missing link because people look at it as something that's woo woo over there when it's actually, consciousness and it's there's science behind it ask mr tesla someday when you get up there um i hope he says hello to me someday when i get there i've given him a lot of shout outs <laughs> <laughs> i know einstein well <laughs> whatever well really medit but, meditation is kind of the avenue for that because I, the meditation is the way to actually disconnect from the programming it's like if you you, you get a distance from your mind. Your mind is creating your reality. So much of that is is learned and exposed through media and what, how your parents taught you and things you know about popular culture and everything else. And once you start to just disconnect from that and you, and you quiet, you're attentive to all these different experiences internally. It could be anxiety. It could be love. It could be anger. But you're observing and you're connecting to that and there's a, it's, it kind of opens the door for direction. Um, mm -hmm. when, when you pay attention and you observe this experience, and this is where I think there's benefits in psychotherapy because psychotherapy is a slowing down. It's an observing. Mm -hmm. It's allowing. And how many people are just constantly on automatic pilot by what they think? And one of the things I always say is don't trust everything you think. Be careful of what your thoughts are. But if you can get a distance and you can stop, you can understand that that's just something that might have been learned. That's programmed in there. And you can mm -hmm. kind of be more in tuned and connected with that experience. And that inner experience has incredible lessons and wisdom. Is meditation the, the direction that we need to go in order to be more in tuned with that level of energy and, and be able to elevate our own consciousness? 
It absolutely is. I, I, and honestly, I can almost say 100%. It's probably the only way. But there are many ways to meditate. Walking in nature, um, creative expression is meditation. You know, um, you know, just, uh, you know, whether it's music, art, po- it doesn't matter anything creative that you love doing, you go up in frequency. You know, I ran a program in the high school. God bless that principal of that high school. And for five years, and we literally, he got a grant for me to run. He, he did two sessions with me to go through his own things he was dealing with emotionally, this particular principal. And he, he wanted to learn meditation. So I took him through two, two classes of it and we did it. And then a week later he called, he goes, I want you in the school. And I go, well, I, you know, I have a private practice and I have, you know, I do volunteer. Usually I'm there once a month from a coach or a teacher or something. And he goes, no, no, I need, I want you there. What can we work out? So I ended up working out two hours a day, three days a week. When I tell you the difference of these kids coming in that meditation room and he gave me full reign, low lights, I got the walls painted a deep blue. I had an ohm in front of me. I had oils diffusing. I had the music playing. And when the minute the kids would come in, I would go with their breath. Let's go into our breathing. Even if someone came in, you know, 20 minutes late, because it depended on the period and the time and all that. um, They could stay 10 minutes. They could stay a full period. Some would come on their lunch. And when I tell you in a five-year period, watching how these kids coped with their mental health, it makes me want to cry. It's not in every school. And I'll never forget this six foot four football player coming in the room once. I'll never forget him. He was mad. He did not want to be in that. They sent him down to the meditation room. And he, I saw it's your first time. And he goes, mm-hmm. he didn't want to look at me. And he sat down and he, he was there 15 minutes. I started doing the breathing. Da, 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 da. Next thing you know, I take him on a little journey. Whatever happens, happens. Maybe 15, 20 minutes. He was in that room. He got up, he walks over to me, looks down at me, Mrs. Lynch, (laughs) I can still see him. Where did my anger go? (laughs) Just like that. And I go, oh my God. And he had tears in his eyes. He goes, I was so angry when I came in here and I'm not angry. I feel free, Mrs. Lynch. 15 minutes. Yeah, it's and I explained energy to him and he went, thank you. You know what the next day happened? He walked in with five other football players that next day and they all meditated and they came in regular. They went 0 and 11 after that. <laughs> yeah. no, just... Well, <laughs> the swim team did great. I don't remember the football team, but I remember once the baseball team didn't do that, go meditating after a tournament or whatever. And we laughed about, oh, I feel bad. And they go, Miss Lynch, okay. We still played good. We just didn't win. I'm like, oh, I love that. <laughs> What's what's fascinating is sometimes things are the opposite of what people believe to be true. So they communicate emotions as something, you know, to get rid of. And when you're in meditation, the more that you just allow for and you just observe it, it tends to just dissipate away on its own. Like you don't have to necessarily do anything to try to get rid of it. You just give it attention and you allow and you quiet the mind. And that's... That's a superpower that a lot of people don't develop and they don't understand it. Instead, we live in this pharmaceutically driven society. Mm-hmm. And you've talked about this being harmful to the spirit. Can you elaborate? Oh, I can. You know, and I respect when it works. I respect if it's helping someone, but those are not the people coming to me. And those that's not the experience I had with it 30 years ago. So basically, when 
how to explain what's happening is these medications have frequency. Okay, there's frequency in medicine. Everything's frequency. And when they're entering the energy field, what's happening is the energy field will drop down to that frequency. Okay. Now, if it's working for people, it's going to bring their frequency up. But we all know that's probably going to be temporary if the thought process is not changed in their in the that all that part. So what happens though, there are there are medicines that create such a drop in someone that when you get into that lower zone, the lowest frequency possible to be in as a human being, the spirit world has just told me these words, is called evil. People are not evil. The frequency they are in is called evil. And like I was saying, your personality is going to express in the frequency you are in. Now, we all have our moments of, you know, frequencies probably, or high, you know, but we don't pick, catapult down like a those slides you would never want to, I wouldn't want to go on. When you go down that low, your spirit literally cannot inhabit your body. It cannot inhabit it. The frequency is too low. It leaves the body. Stays close. That's called death. That's what happens when we die. And my personal experience, it happened to me 30 years ago. Well, I don't know. I was 29. So whatever. Living in LA, trying to make some decisions about moving back east. Blah, 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 20 years in my 20s. And I obviously um, processed. My body went into an anxiety attack. I didn't know what it was 30 years ago. I was hyperventilating. So I went to the ER because I couldn't breathe. And I didn't even know, like, she said, well, you're having an anxiety attack. And I'm like, what was that? And she says, well, are you stressed out? And I go, well, I don't know. I'm making some big decisions. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. But, you know, like most 20-something-year-olds might throw out. And so they gave me a pill and I calmed down, calmed down. And they did all the blood work to make sure everything was, you know, okay. And nothing else was in my system. And there wasn't. And then they gave me a prescription and they said, take one in the morning, take one at night. When you go to bed, one in the morning for five days, you can go to your doctor and you can get more. And I'm like, well, what is it? And they was, you're, it's going to help with this anxiety. And I'm like, well, I've never had that before. I said, you know, but I was so scared to hyperventilate again that I decided I was going to take the five days worth. That was my decision in my head. You know, I'll, all right, I'll do this five days worth, but I don't want to hyperventilate again. I took the pill at night, that night at bedtime. And I, I remember I felt weird. And that was my word. I feel weird. And then, um, but I fell asleep. So I woke up in the morning. I took the next pill. And I felt so weird within 15 minutes. I mean, I felt like my hands weren't, I could look at my hands and they weren't there. Like, that's what it felt like. Like they weren't attached. I felt disoriented. I felt really off and it took a while to go away. And I threw it in my basket and said, I'm not taking that stuff. That I'm just, I called movers. I'm moving back. I'm getting out, out of the wild, wild west. You know, it was the way I looked at it. So I made some really quick decisions, but they needed to be made. But 24 hours later, I started to feel weird again, not hyperventilating, weird. I felt distorted. I felt disor disoriented. I was looking around my apartment, like almost like, where am I? And then all of a sudden I saw like a hologram myself walk by twice. And the second time it went by, voices started screaming in my head to get my gun and do that. And I'm like, and I had one in my closet. I used to go shooting. And I'm like, what? And it started screaming in my head to do that. 
I literally, by the second screen, called a girlfriend who lived about 40 seconds away, thank God, get down here and get my gun out of my house and literally hung up. I started praying. The voices were yelling so loud in my head. I All I felt like is I was floating to the closet. Like I just felt like I had nothing. I was just floating. When she ran through my door, literally it was less than a minute. I always say 40 seconds. Um, I was in a death grip on my couch. Literally my knuckles hurt when I let, I let go. I snapped back. And she said, when she looked at my eyes, they were black and I looked evil. That's what she told me. And I snapped back and she started, what's happening? And I'm like, I don't know. And then she said, well, what happened when you went to the ER? And I told her, she went and grabbed the pills out of the garbage can. It was only a day. And she said the name. And I went, well, I don't know what that is. She goes, well, you can't just stop taking it. I go, well, I'm not going to take this, you know? I mean, what? That's crazy. I never even had those thoughts before. And so needless to say that, was shelved for many years for me until I became a medium. And about five years into my work, I started getting visions when people would come to me, certain families, obviously, I would see a prescription. I would hear, I would see a flat line and I would see a Picasso painting. Every time I said that I had a pharmaceutical connected suicide just started taking it, just had a dose change. Over the years, it all started, you know, just kind of, wow, this, you know, first I'm getting one every few months, then I'm getting one, three a month, and then I'm getting every week. Now, I don't get past a day with my work without getting that. So that's why I'm so passionate. But there was one lady that I was sitting with, one mom, where her son literally went through what I went through. Like, he gave me details. This woman was her jaw was dropping. I saw everything she did to try to save him. He, he had the same experience. As soon as he started taking it, didn't feel weird. They called the doctor. He said, you're on the smallest dose. I'll see you in two weeks. Don't worry. You'll be fine. We'll adjust your dose. He went. Her son was the one that literally looked at me in my head and said, I watched myself. The voices made me do it. Wow. That's why I'm so passionate. Beth, we've heard this story before. We so, have, yeah. So we, we do have previous podcast episodes where um, people have talked about this, and this is a this is a very well known uh, side effect or adverse reaction uh, to these drugs. Go ahead, Sean. Beth, I have Gary. a question. Why do you think mm-hmm. you were shown a Picasso painting? You know, that is such a good question because for many years I didn't know, and I have a friend, and she is uh, her and her husband were both professors. And one day I was at their house and we were talking and she was very much into meditation and stuff too. So that's how we connected and we would do some retreats together. But one day we were talking and I said, you know, I never really could understand the Picasso part. Like I get the flat line cause it's like frequency. Mm-hmm. Or, mm. um, I got everything else. I said, she goes, well, here, look at this book. And she pulls out a book on Picasso. And what the spirit world would show me was when, you know, when you look at a Picasso painting, that one part of his artwork, where the eyes are in a weird place and the nose and everything's distorted, distortion, I said, and that was something I would always feel, the distortion of reality was gone with people. It was gone with me that day. So she said, she goes, when you, he was being treated for mental illness during the time of that artwork, mm-hmm. that was his expression. So when they look at that artwork, when we're in that state of frequency, 
their artwork, how to explain it is like anyone would look and go, well, eyes, ears, nose, mouth. Well, when they look at it or when you're in that frequency, you, you can't get the, it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And I had one young man once tell his aunt that she said, why did you do that? He did that. He was medicated for many years and he, she, he yelled back to her literally yelled at her in my head. Look at this. And he showed me a number one and one equals two. And I go, she says one and one equals two. And she goes, yeah. And I go, and then he goes in my head. And he showed me a number from left peripheral vision to right peripheral vision. You couldn't even say. And I told her that it's like this. And then he went and he went like that. And he goes, he can't comprehend one and one equals two. That was the message. He couldn't comprehend that going to the gun cabinet didn't make sense because mm -hmm. you're in a zombie state. It's really a zombie state. Beth, let me transition a little bit. Um, do you believe that, and I know you have this upcoming book, Life, Death, mm -hmm. and the In-Between. Do you think everyone has a, I don't know, a journey or a purpose or something to learn uh, what is the meaning of life from your perspective? I think the meaning of life, what, I'm, what I've become comfortable with is, you know, we're all here to evolve as a consciousness. And sometimes those words are like, people don't really like that kind of definition, but, but we're here to understand through our, our spiritual nature and our, and to express through our spiritual nature our, in our personality and our human body will be that part. And there are going to be many ways to do that. Creative expression is very important, you know, and it doesn't matter what it is. You know, if you're, it doesn't matter that we need the world to, to, to function. So people will do creative expression in so many ways. So, you know, we have to be able to find that. I feel we're all here for that balance of, I don't even know if the word's balance. That purpose is to kind of understand yourself as a spiritual being and a human being and be that. But we're not doing that. Yeah. A lot of people aren't. We're so far away from that sometimes that we can't understand that the spiritual nature is an intuitive, creative, compassionate communication between us all. How we sense, you know, others, someone we love is going through something and we feel it and then we call and there, you know, there's that moment like I shared with you today. I mean, that's really for everybody, not just people like myself. But if you don't trust that part of yourself, you're not expressing in that. And that is your purpose. It, how we do it is up to us. You know, that's our free will. Did you ever read the book or hear of the book Conversations with God? Yes. And because when that was out, like I said, I'm not the best reader here. I write books. Um, that's why they're on Audible, too. Um, is, um, and so, yes, I never really read it from cover to cover, but I definitely came across it in my own evolution, I would say. And literally looked at it and went, oh, my God, I can't read that book. It's too big. But I totally love and respect it. And, and I'll watch even some things on it. Yes. So I think it's a very powerful book and it turned, it shifted a lot of things in the spiritual metaphysical connection. Yeah. I, I, um, I downloaded it on audible and mm -hmm. when I started to listen to it, I didn't move for seven hours straight. I listened to that book for seven hours straight. Wow. I got to download it because I will do that. I didn't even think about that on Audible. <laughs> but for our listening audience, uh, Neil 
I think it's Neil Walsh. He, Neil uh, Donald Walsh. Neil Donald mm-hmm. Walsh. He uh, just put pen to paper. He was really struggling and he was asking God questions like why God and, and, and he just wrote uh, and it's all the answers. And it's so fascinating. And the mm-hmm. wisdom within that book is mind blowing. But it came to my mind because you were talking about, you know, when we talk about the purpose of life is to kind of experience mm-hmm. yourself as a spiritual being to, to evolve. And there's, yeah, to evolve. and there's this idea that we are all connected, right? If we're all, we're all energy, we're all connected. And part of that evolutionary process is to understand that everyone is God, God-like. So whatever that spiritual higher level of intelligence, it all lives within us to be experienced. And yes, the free will exists for us to choose whatever that path is. So we kind of get to make sense of that in any way we choose. We can make sense of it in a way to lead us towards growth and to see life as that, that every challenge that exists is an opportunity. Or we could see life as to be time limited. You could see, you could view life to have no purpose or connection. And for me, when I come across people who have no connection spiritually or through religion or belief that there is something more than just our bodies in this time, there's an emptiness that exists within them. Mm -hmm. And that is what I find to be most challenging because there's their relationship to pain is different. Pain is then just something to be avoided and so is death. And that's where I don't think modern psychology, modern therapy, my, my field really understands how to help people when they're in a spiritual crisis, when there's an emptiness, because their relationship to their pain, it has no purpose. It has no value. And I don't know how you overcome that without believing that there is some value to that purpose, to grow, to learn, to evolve, to be connected to something bigger than you. Well said. You can't, it'll be a struggle if, if people don't open to it. You know, when we went real, I will never forget when it was, when we went into Iraq, into war, how many years ago was that now? Oh my God. And I remember just feeling, well, I don't have a better answer for this 9-11 because it was right after 9-11. And I remember praying and saying, God, why are we here again? Why are we here again? Here we go again into another war. This is going to be generations. We're not going in and out. I knew it. My cells hurt that day. I'll never forget how I felt. And I put that thought out. And the next day, I was kind of just, I was literally washing the dishes, looking out the window, just kind of gazing, you know, wasn't thinking about much, just kind of having a moment. And I heard a voice come in to my head and it said, kind of like you said, you can't, you couldn't say, I didn't say that. You have evolved as a species technically, but not spiritually. That's in my, in my book. I think it's mm-hmm. in both my books. And I, and that's I remember in, going. That's in conversations with God as well. That's same. Get message. out. And I have never read that. That's, that's same, crazy. That's but message. those are the words I heard. And that's the, that's the intelligence that's out there for us all to download. We all have access to that inner wisdom. And, I, and then the words were, I, God, I never knew that. You have evolved as a species technically, but not spiritually. And you are now in the consequence of that. And I remember going, wow, well, that doesn't make me feel any better, but I get, I get it. I get it. I've never asked why since. And then I heard that is what earth is for. And there was this eerie peace that came through me. But I honestly can say I've never looked at anything that has gone on in this world after that moment and asked why. Never. Because energy, you understand it. 
this is where we are evolving or not evolving to, you know, and some of us are, and some of us are helping others and leading others. And I think that's part of the purpose too, you know? Okay. Great conversation. Um, we've, it's, we're about seven, over 70 minutes in, and this is usually the well, time. I would have we... never known we were talking that long. Mm, yeah. <laughs> This is usually the time where we look to, to wrap it up, although I have so many more questions. I, you know, I, I think that it's probably best to have a, a second volume another time. Um, Absolutely. Oh, my God. But where can people find you? Um, tell me what you're kind of working on now, where, where your purpose lies. Mm -hmm. I think my, my purpose definitely is to keep um, helping people with the grief and, the, and understanding because through grief, I really feel that's how I evolved you know, like you said, even with your dad um, and, you know, just keep evolving, keep helping people that way, um, educating on it and, you know, educating about understanding spirituality, being the missing link in life and happiness and in and, and our mental and emotional wellness, you know, of our species and just, um, you know, writing another book probably and getting ready to put one together. But this one life, death and in between is really what I've learned in the last 28 years. You know, I learned more about life through the death of my family and the in between made sense. That's really where the title came from, you know, and, um, and, you know, my online, my website, innerlightteaching.com and I do remote classes and sessions all the time. And that's what I do. I'm, you know, keeping busy doing that and, and I love doing it. And I just hope to help others evolve to, to a happier place. We really appreciate your time. It was illuminating. I'm glad we were able to kind of open our minds and have this discussion. Um, radically genuine conversation, Beth Lynch. Thank you so much for joining the show. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Listening to a podcast may be therapeutic, but it is not therapy. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional. If you are in a crisis or you think you have an emergency, call your doctor or 911. If you are considering suicide, call 1-800-273-TALK to speak with a skilled, trained counselor. If you found this podcast interesting, please share it with a friend, subscribe through your podcast app, and engage with us through our social channels. And if you are concerned about a friend or family member, reach out. The six magic words, I was just thinking about you, may make their day. Thank you for listening.